When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, time to go behind enemy lines. A voice that is very familiar to Colts fans. That is Blaine Bishop, former Pro Bowl Titans defensive back, and now does a great job on 104.5 The Zone out there in Nashville. Back with us here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Blaine, I'm glad we didn't scare you off the first time. Thanks so much for uh, making a repeat performance here. Oh, man, in short window time, right? You know, <laughs> three weeks, man. So, hey, man, when I played, I did not like playing teams this close. It would, I was always paranoid about it because I felt like they're not, they have to do something else different. There's no way they're going to they're gonna try to stump me. You know, they're going to do some play action pass. They, you know, they know what I like to do and what my tendencies are uh, immediately. And then uh, once the game started, it was all out the window. <laughs> that's actually interesting like as a former player especially like the Colts and Titans playing three weeks apart does that give any team an advantage uh I, I I don't I don't think so but what I can say because I love watching film and I was a film guy all day long and pretty much had a photographic memory soon they lined up I knew the three plays they were going to run I mean so I watched the Colts I think it gives them an actual advantage in this game because they finally figured out what makes Matty Ice tick. And that is dangerous because I thought he was going to be better the, earlier in the season and he hadn't been with the fumbles and interception, but the line wasn't playing very well. Well, now he's getting rhythm, quick passing game that eliminates the pass rush a little bit that the Titans have. Uh, and they can run the ball and they had the two top running backs missing. And then the receivers are growing up, you know, right, be, you know, at least the young one. Uh, and then Pittman was already there. So, I think he's hitting his rhythm and flow, and that's because he's doing no huddle. And who's under control when it's no huddle? The actual quarterback. So he's got control and autonomy uh, when he's out there. So I think that it gives them an advantage because that's hard to – you can't simulate that at practice. That's one of the things I was – kind of leads into my question. I, when you see a team, you know, go no huddle like that and they hadn't done it their first five weeks as a defensive player, are you expecting that again? Or, or you know, how do you prepare that, that week? Well, it was interesting, you know, Vrabel was asked that question yesterday and he says you have to prepare for what they usually do. You have to prepare for counter moves from what you usually do and you have to prepare for the actual no huddle. And that's why I thought that actually is an advantage. And I don't know how long they'll do that, uh, but I think there were signs of them, you know, every time like right before half or something like that, they they look like a different team. And I think against the Titans, that's why I kind of remember that because I watched them on the bye week too. that they did that and they moved the ball. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, people always move the ball because you're playing different defenses. No, it was different. It, it, it looked different. It was look like, man, this is like a well-oiled machined offense at that time. So compared to before where kind of 
seems like it was a mixed bag. Uh, so uh, now things are coming together, and I think they're a better team, if you could say that, in a two-week window, now three weeks, once they play. I think they're a better team, so we shall see. I, I think this is going to be one of the Titans. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the Colts actually got them. So, Blaine, especially as a former defensive player yourself, like we just mentioned, Colts fans have seen it all season long. The Colts offense right now, so far at least, they're, the best they played is in no huddle. So if the Colts do more the same on Sunday, they do, you know, run more huddle, let's say a normal offense in the NFL would. Defensively, is there anything, you know, that either in your playing days you've seen the Titans run that can kind of maybe slow that down and counter it? Or is it kind of always in the offense's advantage when they're able to kind of move fast and not have the defense be able to substitute? Well, one thing it brings when you're an offensive team and you're doing the no huddle is as a defense, we have to declare what we're actually going to do because you don't know when they're going to snap the ball. So, you know, you have to declare if you're going to be playing zone, if you're going to be blitzing, you're going to play man to man, and it actually tells you your approach. And then you can then accordingly run your plays. And now, you know, you know exactly what we're doing. So if you want to play, you know, man to man, we're going to just blitz them. They go, okay, well, we're going to just, y'all going to play press man. We're going to just throw the jump balls to our tall receivers and we're going to see if we can make some plays, you know, or, or if you're going to play off and play zone, hey man, we're going to run some, quick hitting passing games and we're going to go bang, 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 one, two, three, ball out. See? So, you know, even though we know that could happen as a defense, you, it's hard to stop it, especially when you have a veteran quarterback like he is, and he's seen pretty much everything. That's why I kind of, I like him under control. If I was a coach and doing more of that, I don't know if that's sustainable though, because you know, they're better players. And eventually teams are going to just start, you know, I'm a, we're just going to blitz you and they're going to have corners that can cover guys and say, we're going to take our shots. And then next thing you know, same thing starts happening. So I think you got to mix it in, but to how much and where you are at the point where you're having success in one game to the next game, I think, I think I would continue it as much as I could, at least the next game. Yeah, Blaine, you came into the league uh, around the time probably the K gun was, was starting to, to, to die down a little bit in Buffalo, I think. Um, yeah. But you know, when, when they ran that version of no huddle, Thurman Thomas was such a big part of that. You know, they ran the mm -hmm. ball too. It wasn't necessarily 58 passes. Do you think the Colts could work something in for Jonathan Taylor and maybe take some of that passing load off of Matt Ryan's shoulders? Well, I think, you know, the natural nature is they want to run the football with, you know, one of the better offensive linemen, at least the highest pay line. And then they implemented Kelly in there, a former Titan who I called him the undertaker when he was here with the Titans because he kind of did a jack of all trades and he was real solid. You can't ever say he, he was great or anything like that, but he was solid. And I was stunned that they released him two years ago and they never really found that guy to kind of, he's a backup at both tackles. And if you had to start for four or five games, you felt like we kept everything in rhythm and everything kept it going and, and you didn't miss a beat. Uh, they don't have that guy now, and they're trying to find that guy because they need him because the guys out there aren't playing as well. So, uh, you know, you know, going against the run and shoot, you got to have tackles. I, I would say run and shoot. I came in the league with the, the Oilers at the time with a run and shoot. So I practiced against that every day. And so I had to get comfortable and used to that and their tendencies and how they read off of what you do in your alignments. And then you can change that as the ball snaps and that can cause confusion. Just showing your alignment and then change it at the last minute. So disguise and deception 
was always key in those things. But uh, running the football, I think, is always going to be a part of success in a National Football League. You got to be able to run as much as you want to throw it. And it's a passing league now more so than run. I think you have to be able to run the football. When it comes to playoff time, you have to have uh, at least a solid defense now to win and have success to take it all the way. And that was one of the areas the Colts in this first matchup really struggled with. John Taylor, 42 yards on just 20 or on 20 carries. It was it was tough sliding for the Colts in matchup number one, Blaine. And speaking of that game, look, the Titans raced out to a 24-3 lead in the first half. Just got one first down in the second half, holding on for D-Life as they won 24-17. As you look back to that week four game, is that a game where you feel like the Titans won the game or you kind of feel like more the Colts lost it? Well, I thought that the Titans got some breaks, so I thought it was I thought it was an even game, and I just think that the Titans kind of found a way to win it. Uh, that's kind of how I would phrase it. Uh, I, I didn't feel like they were better than the Colts, or or that the Colts were better than them. I just thought the team who made the least amount of mistakes uh, was going to win that game, and and the Titans have had issues continually in the second half scoring points. Mm-hmm. They didn't it didn't change versus the Commanders. It they, it still continued. And there, there is somewhat of an advantage a little bit at halftime because you don't know what the team is adjusting to and you're up. Uh, that's the same thing that happened when I played. And when they come back out, you know, then they make their adjustments and then you have to adjust accordingly. And sometimes momentum swings. And once they make their adjustments, they start making plays. It kind of snowballs. And then by the time you're about to make that adjustment, it's kind of they're in rhythm and flow. So uh it'll be interesting i think this is going to be a nip and tuck game all the way through uh and i think the team with the 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 ball last going to win this game there's a really good chance of that it feels like it's been that way the last couple times in this series honestly Uh, i look at mike vrabel and i always think he gets the most out of his football teams i mean i just feel like they maximize you know that roster and they maximize their opportunities in a game how has he been off the bye week when he has extra time like this to prepare for a game? How do the Titans usually look? <laughs> it's funny, yes. I, I don't know the actual record. I want to say he's 4 0. It's something outrageous. He is very successful uh, after bye weeks. And it's because he's just that coach that is methodical to paying attention to details, gets the most out of his talent where you're a backup. He coaches everybody the same, or you're a starter or all pro. Uh, so, and he's, a, you know, discipline is key. Uh, so I just, yeah, they, they usually play really well. Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's my own personal paranoia playing a team within a three week window that really gets me here. And it's just hard to beat a team twice. It, it, it just, it, it just is. And I know the Titans have won what four or so in a row. Uh, you know, we can't even talk about that when, you know, the Colts beat us 50 times in a row. I don't know what it was, you know, <laughs> doing the, the luck and Manning era. I, I, we didn't win a game. So a lot has changed since then. And so if it becomes a little stable, it'll be interesting to see where these uh, two teams, you know, where they go direction wise. I think this is a pivotal game. I think more so probably. I don't know if you can say either side. I think this is a pivotal game for both sides because it could tell you the direction of which which way you're going to go from here on out because the Titans have a gauntlet of a schedule after this. They haven't even hit the hard part yet. So uh, this this one this one's probably a must win for the Colts as well. So that's why I think this is going to be a really, really good game. 
Speaking of the stakes, right, you have the Titans at 3-2, and two, the Colts 3-2-1. and one. I know it's only week seven, so you still have, you know, 10 more games to go. And for the Titans, 11 yeah. more games to go after this. So it's a long way to go. But do you kind of get the sense, because at least I do go into this game, the winner of this game is in the front runner, front running position to win this division. I completely agree. And I think that's the most important thing about this game. And a lot of people aren't referencing that way, at least nationally. Uh, but I do in the AFC South. Uh, is always going to be, you know, Colts, Titans, uh, you know, at this point in time, based off the last, you know, handful of years. So we shall see. But, yeah, I think this tells you the trajectory and who wins this uh, division. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's weird because you play in these games early in the season and not later mm-hmm. or have a big gap where usually at the end of the season, you know, you're playing, you know, somebody like, you know, the Colts at week 10, 11 or 12 to decide on who wins the AFC South. So, they're going to be watching each other's records and AFC, you know, uh, wins and losses throughout the season, even after this game, regardless of who wins. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Last one for me. Uh, did this first meeting kind of jumpstart Derrick Henry a little bit? I know he had 114 yards, came out and had another 100-yard game against Washington. Do you feel like the run game is, is back where it needs to be for Tennessee? Yeah, I, I want to say it is. And, you know, jumpstarting uh, – Derrick Henry, I, I, you know, and then everybody was saying, you know, it's past where he played. He had to get over to him. Derrick Henry was always back. He, he never left, really, besides being injured. Uh, you could see it at practice. So uh, I think the offensive line, as far as run blocking, is getting better. You got three new pieces there, and they keep band-aiding with different guys getting injured, uh, with Lawan now out, you know, three new starters. Uh, so they're, they're more fit to be run blockers than pass blockers. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to give it that to, with the, with the couple of the guys anyway, who are really backups in this league. Uh, so I think they got to feed Henry kind of control the clock and be conservative. That's what Brable style is and let the defense. And this is where I think he's going to have to put up some points because I think the Colts are going to put up some points. Uh, they've shown some holes in the secondary, their last and past defense in the national football league. I don't care where else you're good at. That is not a good sign right there, especially with, with Pierce and Pittman coming into town, let alone Campbell all of a sudden is woken up and there he goes. We all know he has ability. Uh, so uh, and then you throw in the two running backs coming back and Taylor and I, I mean, man, they, they, they are always going to be formidable with that group. And uh, so just a matter if Matty Ice has enough time to get rid of the ball. So, yeah, this this is a, this is going to tell who's going to lead down the road of confidence that they're going to take over the mantle uh, of the division of AFC South. Let's wrap up with this, Blake. As you mentioned before, and one of the themes for the Titans season this year has been their second half struggles. I mean, they're getting outscored uh, when I looked up seventy-one to fourteen, and I kind of want to harp on the fourteen from the Titans' perspective because at least for the last few years, we've seen Derrick Henry get off to slower starts in the game, and he's a guy who gets better as the game gets later on. And the fact that the Titans have scored just two touchdowns in the second half so far through five games, what are you seeing with this offense? Where, again, for the last few years when they've kind of been in their heyday, they've been an offense that gets better as the game goes on. Why is it that now they're getting off to, let's say, better starts in the first half, and then come the second half, they can't do anything? Again, the first matchup, they got one first down in the second half. That was it. It was the final one to assault away the game. Other than that, they haven't been really able to do much so far in the second half. Can you point to one thing that for why that is? 